Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. Jam-packed trophy tonight. We're going to be telling Springbok rugby selection. Uh, a little bit later, we'll also be talking uh, Sevens rugby. We'll be joined by the victorious coach of the Blitzbox, Neil Powell, skipper of the South African ladies cricket team, heading to the World Cup, Danae van Nikak, joining us tonight as well. And we'll also chat some varsity hockey. We'll touch base with the victorious Tuckies coach. Uh, they won the title in Pretoria last night. But uh, we start with news of the day. Live football action happening in the CAF Confederations Cup Supersport United in action against CF Munana and uh, they are 4-1 up uh, after leading 3-1 at half time and uh, Platinum Stars a little bit earlier on lost 4-2 to Mbaban Swallows uh, in their earlier match looking ahead to tomorrow Amajita in action in their vital second match at the Under-20 FIFA World Cup in South Korea and uh, the coach is a full complement of players at his disposal Supersport United midfielder Tabor McQuenna uh, arrived in camp last night. Bidvest Witz right back Reeve Frostler uh, uh, has been training as well. So as all systems go, and the coach says having a full complement of the squad augurs well for the team. It's always good for the technical team to work with 21 players. Of course, now it gives us a healthy headache in terms of who to put in and how to approach the game. Uh, they are all injury free. So and. It's going to be a long 90 minutes, so some players will play a role in the second half, some players will play a role in the first half. That kicks off at 10 a.m. South African time tomorrow. Coming up next, we'll chat some Springbok rugby. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. The big news today was Alistair Kutsia naming his Springbok squad for the incoming series uh, against France. And uh, a couple of interesting selections, one or two omissions uh, that uh, I was quite surprised at, if I have to be honest. And we join now by rugby pundit Johan Freire. Johan, welcome back onto SAFM this evening. Thanks for, for joining us. I think let's touch on, on the big talking point today. Uh, Warren Whiteley handed the captain's armband, and I think uh, well-deserved. He's, he's led the Lions uh, unbelievably well. He's, he's been in good form as a player, and uh, we need someone who, who's, who's got some strong leadership qualities since Adrian Strauss stepped down, and, and he didn't really fulfill that role, if we have to be brutally honest. Most definitely. Uh, you know what I like about Warren Whiteley's selection as captain is the positive attitude that he brings to the field. You very seldom see Warren Whiteley uh, portray a, a bad image on the field, shoulders hanging. He's always there, positive, encouraging the guys. He never gives up. He, he plays at 100 miles an hour. He's a, he's a, he's a great leader, and you, you can see it from what the Lions have, have done in recent years. Um, it reminds me of a Josh Strauss and what he did with the Lions back in the day, and it just seems that they they keep bringing up those those leadership qualities, the right the right guys for for the job. And Warren Whiteley will be a superb leader. I think he now he can now finally focus on if you're the captain, I, you you should. Um, you should pin down your, your position. So, yeah, I think you can sleep easy that he'll now play. That's number one. And I think the, the next question is, how does he bring these, these players together to play the brand of rugby that will make us successful in 2017? And it's going to start with a series against France. But definitely the right man for the job and best of luck to him. And I think he's going to bring a new dimension to, to Springbok rugby if he is allowed to put his stamp on the match and that, that the, the game pattern won't dictate what he has to do as a leader. 
It's interesting you, you compared him to Josh Strauss because I was trying to think who he reminds me of. And as you said that, I thought to myself, he reminds me a lot of Gary Teichman, former Springbok captain. Very, very quiet, not this massively flamboyant guy, but just unbelievably hardworking, maybe not the biggest physically as, as far as a, a loose forward goes. And, and that w- was the question I wanted to ask. Is he the right man for number eight? Because uh, it doesn't matter who the captain is, you have to be the strongest in that position in the country. And, and we've seen the way Alistair Kutsi has gone and previous Bok coaches, Heineke Mayer, uh, with regards to really strong physical uh, loose forwards, and, and he doesn't fit into that mould, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point. I, my comparison was purely made around uh, not the biggest name, and then made something out of that position, mm. and took a team to success. So my comparison is more there than anything else. Uh, to answer your question, I think that the modern-day eighth man has to be all over the place. I don't think we, we in, 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 in modern-day rugby and international rugby, it's really seldom that you now find a bulky eighth man that really just gets you over the advantage line. I think there's a lot more expectancy around that position. And I like the fact that we have a, still have a forward leading, leading um, the troops. And from an eight-man position, yeah, you think back of Gary Teichman and what he did for South African rugby, but I, I really don't believe that there's a better leader currently in the system with the confidence that, that, that he has and the buy-in that he has from the players around him. Uh, the results speak for itself. And if he wasn't a good leader, uh, Johan Ackermann being a good coach, you can uh, be a good coach, but I still think it, it all gets played on the field and you need the players around you to believe in what you're trying to do and the instructions that you give through, and I think we've seen that over the last two years. Uh, for my money, definitely the right guy, and I think we're going to get some positive results, and I'm really positive about what's lying ahead of us, and I think we will definitely have a better year than what we had last year. Hopefully we can have the, the game plan that suits modern-day rugby to go and really uh, take these guys and, and play to their strengths and not put a game plan in front of them that doesn't really suit the individuals that have been, that have been chosen. Let's talk fly half because I think it's an important uh, one that we have to have to bring up. And uh, interesting selections. Obviously, Patrick Lambie wasn't considered for selection after no. management uh, and and medical team spoke to him. Uh, he's still suffering the after effect of that uh, concussion. He may come back into the uh, into the uh, in the Castle Rugby Championship squad, but for this squad, he's not in. Alistair Kutsia has chosen Alton Giantis, Lions fly half, and uh, Franz Steyn, who's been playing for Montpellier, which for me is quite an interesting selection because. Let's be honest, Elton Yankees hasn't been Alistair Kutsi, or Alistair Kutsi hasn't been a massive fan of Elton Yankees. I think there's been a lot of pressure for him to pick him because, because of the way uh, Elton Yankees has been playing for the Lions. Which way do you see him going? Is he going to start with Franz Steyn or is he going to start with Elton Yankees? No, I, I really I think uh, it's pretty clear that Elton Yankees will be the starting fly-off. I, I can't see it go any other way. And probably deservedly so. I, I, I did say that this morning I was talking to someone, and I do believe if we choose the, the way that South Africa has put this team together, or Alistair Kutia has put this team together, if you are going to make up uh, the majority of your squad from Lions players, that's a good thing because you're rewarding what they have done over the last couple of years. But then go and play that sort of game plan to make them successful. It's pointless choosing Alton Yankees as your number one fly-off and then giving him an instruction to play a kicking game and chasing the opposition back into the M22 because that is where I believe he has fallen flat and, and has almost disappeared uh, in the times that he has had the Springbok 10 um, on his shoulders. So I, I believe that this is a positive sign the way that Alistair has put his team together. There's a lot of Lions in this team, and I do believe if they are going to go that way and say, right, nothing to lose. Last year we saw that uh, we didn't really get it right with the, the sort of uh, rugby game plan from the past. Let's move forward. And these are the guys that to take us forward. If you are going to have Whitey as your captain, 
uh, I do believe Yankees must be in that team, and I do I would start him, but give him the game plan for him to excel and to to really shine on the field. Um, don't give him a game plan that's not going to suit him because that's when he's going to fall away. Yeah, one of the surprise omissions for me in the squad is uh, Lion Centre, Lionel Mapu, who's been fantastic. And you talk about that game plan. Lionel Mapu's been integral to, to the way Lions, uh, the Lions have played over the last couple of seasons. So I think he, he could feel a bit unlucky they didn't make it. And then someone who, who was probably borderline, but he's, he's been one of the informed flowers this, uh, this season, is, is Lionel Cronin, who was pulled into the, the, the last sort of training camp from the Kings. And, and yeah, I mean, he's, he's done amazing things. He, he might not be the future of South African rugby, but uh, he might feel a little bit unlucky they didn't get a look in. Yeah, definitely. If we are going to talk, let's start with your first point about the centre pairing, and, and I definitely agree with you. I think one guy that, that is slightly unlucky is Lionel Mapu, and if you are going to go Whiteley, let's sort of leave Whiteley out of this. Let's go uh, Elton as your fly-off. I do believe Ross that uh, Mapu... Yeah, Mapu, yeah, Ross Cronier to me would be your starting scrum off with Rudy Page playing off the bench, the way I'm reading it in any case. So you'll have Whiteley at 8, Ross Cronier at 9, uh, Elton at 10, and then you'll definitely, you should, well, that would have been my goal is to have Lionel Mapu as one of your centers. He has been chosen for the SAA side, but I do believe that uh, he's done nothing wrong, and uh, that to me is a bit of a, 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 a surprise in the squad if you do consider that Elster uh, has gone the route of the, the Bulls pairing. Young uh, Sarfontaine has not done anything wrong, but, but he's sort of in and out and, and making his way back. Uh, so, yeah, that, that to me was a surprise, but, um, but be that as it may, I, I think that is the one name. And the other one, you spoke about Lionel Cronier. I am glad that he, that he has received some recognition by playing for the SAA side. And I think another guy that, that could be slightly unlucky is uh, Ispia Mare that uh, does not crack the knot. But Andres Kutsia is in, in the team or in the squad as well. He's uncapped. So they have also rewarded him for, for what he has done. So a lot of Lions players, and I, I do hope that, that they get rewarded when the final 23 are selected. Yeah, absolutely. Jan Ferreira, thank you very much for that. Hopefully that this team, I think it's a, a fairly good team, well-balanced, and uh, let's hope they can uh, pick up a couple of wins against France and take some confidence into that uh, rugby championship because uh, it's not going to get easier, and we really do need some wins under our belts after a dismal uh, end-of-year tour last year. But thanks for your time, tonight. Much appreciated. We look forward to catching up again soon. Yeah, 100%. And best of luck to the box. I think there's a lot to fix from what went wrong last year. It's a, the start of a new era under Whiteley, and I do believe that uh, we've got the right blend of guys together. Uh, now give them the freedom to go and, 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 and really show us their talents. Give them that game plan. That's what we want. And then we can put it to France and, and get that series under the belt and use it as prep for our first test against Argentina in the championship in Port Elizabeth. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, it was another great weekend of Sevens Rugby. It was the finale at Twickenham in London, and what a stage, a magnificent setting for it all to wrap up. Another season of Sevens Rugby in uh, the can, and uh, it was a very successful one for the South African Sevens team. They started uh, the season like a house on fire and carried that momentum through, wrapping up uh, the HSBC World Seven Series title uh, a week ago in Paris. And we join now by the coach. The team have returned to South Africa. Neil Powell, welcome back on to SAFM Sports Trap. Welcome home and first up, congratulations. Uh, you must be pretty chuffed with what the team uh, has done this season. Yeah, thank you, Brad. Just, uh, I think, very happy with the guys. I think mentally proud of um, each and every guy that, um, that was part of the system this year. Even uh, guys like Sibela and Kwakar and everybody almost forgot about already. Um, they were part of that first first four tournaments, and a guy like Carl Brown that uh, got injured in Cape Town, 
Um, I'm really proud of everybody that was part of this this year and, and put the effort in to make to make this happen. So um, yeah, see, it's, it's an unbelievable performance from the guys to to uh, reach eight out of the possible ten um, finals and then um, winning five of those eight finals is a uh, is a pretty good record. And we, like I said, I think we we're really proud of the guys. Coach, we've been talking throughout the season, post-Olympic Games in Rio. Despite winning the bronze, I know you and uh, the entire group were, were a bit disappointed with that result. You felt you were better and you deserved better. And you set the goal to win the series this year because it's uh, been a good few seasons. We kept finishing second and uh, you felt that uh, we needed to, 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 to make that step up. And, you, and you've done that. How rewarding is it as a coach? Looking back now over the last season, the, the processes and the systems you've put in place that have now come to fruition, and you've you've achieved what you set out to achieve. Yeah, I think I think for me personally, very rewarding. I think um, I think as a coach, you're always going to be under pressure to perform and, and be successful, and almost a bit of a relief that we um, finally managed to to take that extra step and become the number one the number one team in the world. I think. Um, yeah, uh, coming second three times in a row. Obviously, everybody's like, "Yeah, yes, you, you guys are doing well, but you can't take that extra step." And, and um, yeah, very happy that we managed to do that and um, and take that uh, number one spot. So, and again, it's credit to all the all the players and the management. Sometimes I just see the coach on the TV talking and doing his thing, but uh, there's a lot of backroom stuff that uh, is doing immense uh, amount of work to to make this um, make this uh, system successful. I know you give a lot of credit to everyone around you, but for you personally, massive milestone. The first person to win a World Series as a player and a coach. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm happy about it. I think me personally, and I'm, I'm I'm never in it for a record. It's more important for me the system and and that the system is happy and the system is successful. But um, yeah, definitely yeah, happy with the fact that I'm uh, first guy to be one of the World Series as a player and a coach. I think as a player, just. Really happy that we won the World Series, but like I said earlier, I think it's a catch almost more relief because of the, the bit of pressure that is always around you to, to perform and to, to do well. Nearly talk about the system, and uh, Sevens, uh, there's an incredible system in South Africa at the moment. We've got a, a great academy system that, that's pushing players through. You mentioned uh, the likes of, of Kwaha and Siabello who, who went on and, and, and are playing Super Rugby this season. They were with you for the first four legs. But uh, the, the players who, who sort of filled those gaps, you, you wouldn't even know they were gaps. Uh, other players have put their hands up. I think of the likes of R- Roscoe Speckman, who, who's had a, another great season. Cecil Africa, who just keeps performing year after year after year. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it says a lot for for the state of sevens rugby in this country. Yeah, I think the fact that um, guys like Sibelo and Kwaha and even Carla got injured left, and then um, you can still perform and do well, is definitely a reflection of uh, of a good system. I think um, we, I need to mention guys like Maurice Kuman and Paul Dalport that's looking after the academy, that's actually doing a great great job and and and. Um, actually developing that next generation of sevens players and to make sure that they understand the, the basic skill and the basic principles of sevens before they get into our senior setup where we could take them that extra step to, to um, that senior level. So um, it's definitely a great system. It's, it's, it's working for us at this stage. And, um, you know, and it's incredible that the Galaxy of Africa still performs every single tournament that he plays in. And, and I think, again, it's it's not just because of the system we have, but I think it's because of the culture we have in the team as well. It's a, it's a group of, of players that, that believe that they are brothers, they are family, and um, every time they go onto that field and they got that jersey on their back, they, they represent South Africa and they want to make South Africa proud.
Well, Coach, uh, I don't know if I should ask you this question because I'm sure you want some time off, but uh, I know you mentioned after the, the London Sevens that if we, we're going to repeat this feat next year, uh, we've got to make improvements. It's, it's difficult to make improvements on a, a season that's pretty close to perfect. Uh, what are some of the areas you think we need to improve on next year if, if we are to win this thing again? Yeah, yes, Brad. I think um, we believe that if we if we actually stand still, you're actually not standing at once at one spot. You're actually moving backwards. So we we will try to keep moving forward and try to look for those one percenters that can make us successful next season again. And and I think it's in all areas, not just um, our playing ability on the field or the performance on the field, but also the culture of the field. Maybe the way we run things, our system. I think there's still a lot of uh, things that we can definitely improve on, and um, hopefully that will make the system stronger. I think everybody is um, everybody is uh, obviously going to get better from um, for the next season, and I think if we if we're not not going to keep looking for those one percent that can make us better, then um, we're going to fall behind. Neil, I think I speak for every single rugby fan and Sevens fan in this country. It's been an absolute pleasure watching uh, your team and yourself perform this uh, this season. Uh, whether it be early morning, late night, uh, just week in and week out, uh, it's made us feel proudly South African. And, and I think it's important to, to recognize uh, the role that you've played in, in, in that and, and also the, the shining light you've been in South African rugby. There hasn't been too much to shout about, unfortunately, but uh, the Blitzbox definitely uh, head and shoulders above everything that's happening in, in SA Rugby. Thanks for everything that you've done and, and long may it continue we love we love watching the Blitzbox play oh, thank you very much Brad and I think um, thank you for, to SRT for, for backing us and supporting us to, to do the job and then to all the supporters out there as well I think uh, I know it's not it's not the, the best hour sometimes sometimes it's 3 o'clock in the morning that the, the people um, get up and, and watch the games on a, uh, on a Saturday morning or in a Sunday morning and they have to go to work on Monday Um so we really appreciate all the support out there um, from the fans and then, and especially our, our sponsors as well. Spinoff, I think they've done a fantastic job of not just being our sponsor, but actually um, a friend and a, and a partner as well. And we um, and like I said, every time we go out there, we just want to make South Africa proud and, and we might want to um, do the, the jersey that we put on our backs. We want to do it justice and, and make sure that we, um, we perform to our, the, the best of our abilities. Well, Coach, enjoy some well-deserved time off with the family. We look forward to, to catching up in the build-up to, to the next season and uh, hopefully another successful one for, for yourself and the Blitzbox. Thank you very much, Bear. Thanks for the opportunity to be on the show again. Thank you. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. On to some cricket now, and as you heard uh, in PM Live this afternoon, the protest in action tomorrow, the first of the three one-day internationals against England. News that A.B. de Villiers uh, is returning as skipper. Good to see him back. And someone else who's coming back, uh, she didn't play in uh, the recent quadrangular series due to injury, but she's been included in uh, the Proteas World Cup squad so that was announced today is uh, skipper Danae Fanikak. Danae, welcome on to SAFM uh, Sports Wrap this evening. Thanks for joining us. And first of all, how's the injury doing? It's, it's obviously doing okay, otherwise you wouldn't be available for selection, would it? Uh, yeah, first of all, Brad, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, no, everything, funny enough, worked out really well. Um, the injury... Um, it's a lot better. I think I have another week or so just to get into, you know, the, the swing of things again, and, and I'll be ready and ready to go for the World Cup. 
It's been a, a fairly, I don't want to say long-term injury, but I think you were sort of diagnosed to be out for six weeks, which is, uh, in, in the greatest scheme of things, a fairly long time. What, what was the exact prognosis, and uh, what's the rehab process been like? Um, yeah, it's very big words. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't really say those words, but I just, I, I tore a ligament in, in, well, the big toe, if I have to say it like that, and had some stress reaction on, on the, the toe next to that. But, um, no, look, um, it's been a long journey. It's, uh, I must have on crucial, um, preparation for the World Cup with this quadrangular series. But, um, uh, rehab's going really well. Um, our medical team has been on it and, um, making sure I have all the support um, needed, and, and that was awesome from CSA side as well. Um, yeah, so I'm just, the last last week or so, just um, before I really go, you know, into some strenuous training and, and hitting the ground running. How frustrating was it uh, having to, to sit out, not, not playing in that quadrangular series as far as the tournament goes? Uh, one that I think South Africa would be fairly chuffed with, uh, obviously not winning the final, but making it through to, to the final and, and losing to India in the showpiece. Yeah, no, it was very frustrating, and it's not always nice to sit next to the side. Or oh, on the side, it's you're especially being the captain. You want to be out there and, and support the girls and, and you know lead them. But it was actually a really good um, eye opener for me as well to sit next to the side and see everything from a different perspective, especially leading up to the World Cup. Um, obviously, not ideal, but in the, the broader the broader sense of things, it's it's. You know, it was nice to, to watch the game from the side and see what we do, you know. It's always tough to, to be on the field and, and see what's going on and where you can improve. Um, yeah, but it, again, uh, part of the goals, the way they played, uh, some brilliant performances by, by some of our youngsters and then obviously our, our seniors. It's, you know, it's been great preparation for the World Cup and hopefully, you know, we can, we can use that form going into the World Cup. You talk about some of the performances from the youngsters. It was good to see. So there were some big, big runs, some big performances with the ball as well. And uh, as a team, uh, some some big, big innings, which uh, which bodes well going into the World Cup. There, there might be times when you are going to have to score in excess of two fifty, three hundred, and uh, the team's shown that they are able to do that. Yes, no, definitely. That's that's the nature of women women cricket these days. It's it's um, it's not just um, you know two hundred or whatever. It's it's big scores now these days. The girls get uh, a lot stronger and the skills are just getting better by the day. And um, I'm just really proud of the team, the way they've gone about their work and all the hard work they've put in throughout the, the few years and then especially the, the last few months leading up to the World Cup. And again, those, those performances showed it. Looking at uh, sitting on the sideline watching, as you mentioned, it's given you a slightly different perspective. Often when, when you're in the middle and, and, and playing and you've got your head down and in the thick of it, uh, you, you obviously get uh, a certain perspective. Do you think sitting on the sidelines, even though you might not have been playing and, 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 and had that sort of uh, experience, just seeing seeing it from the outside and, and looking in, do, do you think that's given you a bit of an advantage going into the World Cup? Yes, most definitely. Um, there's a lot of things that I, I saw that I could do differently and and that's something I can implement in, in the warm-up games and then going forward into the World Cup. Uh, it's, like you said, it's always difficult when you're in the game and in the heat of the moment. You don't really think, um, you know, how it looks or what's going on. And, and some game plans we could get together because I can see from outside what our bowlers are doing or what our batters are doing. So it's, it was, uh, I, can, I can, we can look at it as an advantage and um, we'll definitely, you know, use that um, as our armory going into the World Cup.
And then looking at conditions in England, going to be very different to to Potterstrom in the in the quadrangular <laughs> series. We've we've had a, a few good series uh, abroad. I, I think uh, victories over over Sri Lanka. Uh, we've picked up series uh, wins in in India as well. So uh, conditions might be different to South Africa, but you, you've played in similar stuff and and been successful in similar stuff. So you must be pretty confident going into this World Cup. No, most definitely. I mean, um, the girls showed what they can do and how they can adapt to the subcontinent conditions. Uh, England is obviously a, a very different place to where we've been. And thank goodness, uh, myself, Marizan Cup, Razali um, and Shivna Mishmal uh, went to the Kia Sip League last year, so we, we got familiar with uh, the conditions and the pictures and obviously played a lot different to what I expected. And now we can use those experiences and then go into the World Cup knowing what to expect type of thing. And we've played at a lot of grounds, so each and every player has a, has a few grounds covered, um, which I think is, is a great advantage for us. And, um, yeah, so the girls have shown they can adapt to any condition and, and no doubt they'll do it this time around again. And from a consistency of selection point of view, pretty much the same squad that did duty in Poch uh, going to the World Cup, which which bodes well. It, the team's been together for a while. They've they've played together. They've obviously bonded and gelled. Uh, it, it it does bode well for this World Cup. Yes, definitely. Um, we needed this, uh, you know, to play together as a team. And you know, the players that came in, um, you know, the two youngsters, Slice and um, Nadine, they they really came into the the setup really well and you know pulled their weight and really excited for them to make well if I can say that they World Cup debut um, you know they they've been really hard at work and yeah so we'll, we'll, hopefully I can't wait to see them at the big stage and you know the team's ready and ready to go so we're really excited for for the months ahead. Well, we can't wait to see you in action. Uh, make sure that foot's 100%, and we look forward to seeing you out in the middle. Danae, uh, thank you for your time tonight, and uh, best of luck. Yeah, thank you, Brad. I just want to make a special mention to New Balance for the amazing kit. Um, it was launched yesterday, and um, it looks amazing, and I know our men uh, will be comfortable, and us as well. Yeah, absolutely, and they got a big award at uh, the Discovery Sports Industry Awards last week for it as well. So, yeah, fantastic. Uh, that's All the sports federations do need great sponsors, and New Balance, obviously, uh, doing some great things with South African cricket. So, Danae, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated, and we look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for your time, Mike. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some field hockey now on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And the 27 varsity hockey title was clinched last night. It was the University of Pretoria Tuckies who won their maiden title thanks to a Catherine Morris goal. They defeated Marty's 1-0 uh, in Pretoria last night. And we join now by their coach Inky Zondi. Inky, welcome on to SAFM Sports Chat this evening. Have the celebrations ceased for a while? Is it, uh, is it, uh, is it sunk in that you, you champions? Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, I was in disbelief last night and certainly still am. What a fantastic feeling. Yeah, we're really happy to have achieved such a monumental result for our university. Yeah, and I mean, looking looking at some of the accolades that have been given to Tuckies as well. I mean, FNB player of the tournament came from Tuckies himself for stat. Uh, the the Mug and Bean Stars uh, saver, Natalie Estevez, FNB player of the match last night, Natalie Estevez as well. Uh, so as much as you've won the title, you've you've got some some good talent in that team. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, Natalie was our captain, as you would have known, and Isol was our vice captain, and they both fantastic players. They led with distinction and. All these mountain leaders can lead through performances and actions. So we're really proud of them 
and their hard work because they work really hard as individuals and I'm glad it paid off and they, they got that recognition. Varsity hockey is always fairly tightly contested. What do you reckon has been the difference? Why, why have Tux been, been successful this season? I think we, we, we obviously worked hard and that's not to say no one else did. Um, the hockey specifically, we, we worked tirelessly, tirelessly on a defensive work and just making sure we're hard to break down and beat and concede as few goals as possible. Um, and I think that was a big knock of our success, is real defensive resilience. Look, looking at that scoreline 1-0 in a final, it, it, that says everything, how tight that match was. It could have gone, gone either way. Um, uh, the nerves, it must be pretty nerve-wracking being, being part of a, a game like that for, for, for the championship. Oh, yes, absolutely. And Marty's was fantastic on the day and had a fantastic campaign. So we knew we'd have to be at our best to win the, the, the game. And on the day, our home support pushed us through. And, yeah, nerves were flying. But it was also exciting to play in front of such of a crowd. And we said as a team, we want to use those nerves to fuel us into positive actions and positive energy. So that was that. You talk about playing at home. It's uh, it's a massive advantage. The the crowd in Pretoria, it doesn't matter if it's varsity athletics or varsity rugby, they, they always come out in numbers. And, and again last night for, for, for you guys with, with the hockey, it must be a massive advantage playing in front of a crowd like that. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's why we... We, we built our campaign on trying to finish at the top of the lock so we could have a home final possibly. Um, the hockey community came out in numbers. It was fantastic. We were so well supported and we're really grateful. Um, we're not used to those types of crowds on a week-to-week basis, so it was fantastic to see and the facility looked great and all the people that sort of set us, set us up for that were also a big part of it. Well, Inky, congratulations once again. Please pass on our best to the team. Uh, a great campaign, and, and uh, yeah, enjoy some, some well-deserved time off, and we look forward to, to seeing uh, Tucky's Hockey going from, from strength to strength again next season. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's uh, pretty much it for the show for this evening. Just a quick football update for you, Super Sports United. The final score against CF uh, Munana, and uh, it is Matsutsanto who are 5 3 vic- uh, victors away from home. Fantastic result there. Not so good for Platinum Stars, but earlier losing 4 2 to Mbamban Swallows. Uh, so, yeah, not a great result there for De Quena. And that's it. Don't forget cricket tomorrow. The Proteas in action at Headingley in Leeds, the first of three ODIs against England. Amajita taking on Italy in the FIFA Under-20 World Cup. That match kicks off at 10 a.m. And we'll uh, keep you updated here on SAFM. Make sure you stay tuned for that. If you have any comments or questions, queries, you can email our executive producer at sport at safm.co.za. You can also reach out via social media at SAFM Radio or touch base with me personally at Big Brad Brown. Thank you so much for listening. We're back again tomorrow evening at 6.30. On the other side of your 7 o'clock news, it is the talk shop with Naledi Malay. And make sure you stay tuned from myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Thanks uh, a lot for taking the time to hang out with us for the last half an hour. Right now it is 7 o'clock and time for your news.